I love him, I love him. And I love to worship him, as you can tell. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. I love coming to Silverwater. I love your pastors, and I love the people here. It's got such a yummy feel, doesn't it? I'm blessed to be speaking on the pure of heart, see God. That is one of our great beatitudes in Matthew 5.8. Is this ringing a bit? It's all right? Just must be my ears. <laughs> blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. In the message it says, you're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and your heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. That's a good way of translating it, isn't it? And that's it. That's the goal of every believer. The goal for you and I to see him. And it's a tragedy in life when people cannot see him. It's a tragedy for people who don't know him. But it's a greater tragedy, I believe, for a believer to never see him. When I was in worship, I saw like the sky go rip, like dark clouds go rip and light shine. And I'm believing this morning that eyes will be open to see, that hearts will see him. The heart is who we are on the inside, what we are when no one's watching, our thoughts our feelings, our emotions, that's who we are. That's our heart. And all of us here have a heart condition. It's not just for those people that have, you know, we think for hospital terms, oh, they've got a heart condition. But you and I have a heart condition. And what's our heart like? What's the condition of our heart? The pure in heart see him. Two types of heart. Pure, they see him. That's a promise. An impure heart cannot. That's what the Bible is saying. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And man has always been good at this, haven't we? We've always been good at looking at people and, and judging people by their outward appearance or their performance. But it doesn't say that the perfect will see God. It doesn't say the pure will see God. It's about the heart. It's the pure heart. So it's not the performance, because if it was that, in Bible times, then the Pharisees would have rocked, because they had the perfect performance. They were turning up. They were doing it all. They were going to every service. They were attending everything. They had everything down pat. But Jesus looked at them. And he said, you whitewashed tombs. You know, you're, that's, you're all so polished, so beautiful on the outside, but inside, full of dead man's bones. And he kept saying, you blind guides. They were blind to see him. They couldn't see him. And he's standing right before, him, before them. And I can just imagine the tragedy it was inside Jesus' heart that these people that he came for, they were blind to him. And they couldn't see him. And he'd be looking at, like, speaking to them and seeing they could not see, hearing they could not hear. And 
made me think of this scripture earlier, and I didn't actually give this one <laughs> to the team, but I just want to read it out to you in Matthew 13. Made me think of it. Matthew 13, let me f- tell you where it is. Verse 10 to 15, and I'm reading this from the New King James. And this is when Jesus was saying why he was talking to, to the disciples in parables. Because look, look at the disciples. If it was performance, he wouldn't have picked a tax collector. If he was looking for the perfect, and he wouldn't have picked me. But he doesn't. He looks for a willing heart, for a heart that he knows that when he says, follow me, that they will. And that the motivation of their heart is to please him. That's all he looks for. And you're not always going to get it right. But if the motivation of your heart is to please him, to, to honor him, to, you know, you know, just to look to him, that's all he looks for. He'll move over thousands in a church and find that one in a bar that he knows that when he says, follow me, that they will. That's all he's looking for. Okay, verse 10. And the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered and said to them, because it's been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it's not been given. For whoever has to him, more will be given and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables because seeing they do not see. And hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For their hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. And he's not talking physically speaking lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so I should heal them. That's what he longed for. He longed to heal them. He longed for them to see. But because of their hardness of heart, they could not see. So what does it mean to have a pure heart? The Greek word for pure is Catharis. It signifies that which is clean or free from contaminating substances. Basically meaning a pure heart is a single heart with no hidden purpose, no division in loyalty, no reservation in devotion. It is single-minded after him. 2 Chronicles 16.9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him or completely his. What is God looking for? He's looking for men and women whose hearts are his completely. That means there's no locked closets. Nothing's been swept under the rug. That means that when you do a wrong, you admit it and you come to him. It's easy to sweep things under the rug. It's easy to have hidden, hidden things, hidden issues in our heart. but we'll never see. And you, like, honestly, for me, I know what it is to be in church and not see. But I wanted to. I wanted to see him. I wanted to know him. And I know what it is to read this word and not see him in it. 
I know what it is to look at a sunrise and not see him, to look at a human life and not see him. But that's when your eyes are open to seeing, you will see him in creation. You will see him with the sunrise. You will see him, you know, in a blade of grass and go, wow, you know, you made that. You did that. Wow. And when a child is born, wow, Jesus, it's you. You can see amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Why? Because they finally could see the veil had been torn. Their blindness was removed and they could see him. And when you see him, I tell you, you should be seeing him every day. If you're a believer, you should be seeing him every day of your life. There is no reason why. Don't have a divided heart. To have a divided heart means that, you know, when Jesus was, I mean, you're never going to, it's never going to win for you to have a divided loyalty. Because what happens is when Jesus talks about, you know, when he was saying, come follow me, and they were saying, oh, let me first do this. Just let me first do that. That means let me put my self-will first and then yours. And he's not asking it to harm. Everything that he's doing is for your absolute best. It's not to put you in second, well, no, I want, it's not about that. It's about to release you into freedom. I tell you, the world is starving for freedom. The world is starving for the authentic, not the perfect performance, but the authentic, the real, the genuine. And that's you and me, just carrying him in our hearts, for real. No one's, everyone's over it, okay? Everyone, I'm telling you now. The church is over, everyone is over the perfect performance, the polished act with no heart. People just want, want real. And they need you, and they need you alive. They need you to bring, because you reflect what you see. There's a scripture, as water reflects a face, so a man's heart reflects the man. We are a reflection of our heart. And you think you're hiding things. I tell you right now, you're not. We reflect it. And you can tell, you know that. You know that if, if someone's an angry person, it's because their heart's angry. It's because they've got things going on. And... And you can walk into places and, and that leaves with, that stays there with them, the residue of who you are. So we want to be carrying the fragrance of Jesus everywhere we go. We want to be carrying him. One of the best Bible examples of a man with a pure heart is David. He's called a man after God's own heart. And did he have some failings? Yes, he did. But at the core of who he was, the motivation of his heart was to please him and love him. So if you've committed sins in your past, let it go. If the motivation of your heart is to please him, you are forgiven, you are cleansed. And repentance is what we're aiming for this day, every day of my life. That's why we say the Lord's Prayer. Because to repent isn't just going, 
saying I'm sorry, which is good to say you're sorry, very good. But to keep a heart healthy and a heart clean, to keep it pure, we need to repent, which is to change the way we think. It's to turn. Jesus would say, the kingdom of heaven's at repent, for the kingdom of heaven's at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven's come upon you. What he was saying is that change your way of thinking, repent, turn. It's not just turning, I'm going to be a good person now. It's that word actually means change your thinking. So you're walking one way and you, the light goes on. You change your way you're thinking, then you turn. And that's why you don't go back to that because you've changed your thinking. We get transformed by the renewing of our mind. And we do that by what, what we think about, what are our thoughts. So if we don't prepare a place, for him, if we don't actually cultivate a space, make a space or place to be with him, to keep our heart healthy and clean, we will fall into our own thoughts, which will always end up tracking, not in a good way. So we need to spend time with him. Amen? When I... So we see him in various ways, and I've touched on we see him in creation. And Pastor Natalie used that scripture earlier about the stars and the firmament, and, and he knows them by name. And that's how, like, I remember when I saw him in creation really for the first time when my eyes were opened. And believe it or not, it was to do with a rose bush. I'd been, think, I'd been talking to the Lord about how I'd never, ever received 12 red roses. And, um, and, I, I had a, and I had a little pot rose, a little pot plant, and it was a little rose bush and miniature red roses and everything. Anyway, one morning I walked out, and on one stem there was these 12 budding like red roses. And I knew that it was just for me. I knew it was him doing that for me. And people go, oh, well, you know, it maybe, maybe. But do you know what? You can't, to see is actually to perceive. To acknowledge, to perceive in an experiential way. And so I saw him. I, and, and that's my experience. That was my experience. And when you know the artist, it's like with Pastor Phil's artwork. If you know the artist, you can go anywhere in the world. And if you see one of his paintings, you go, oh, I know his handiwork. That's Pastor Phil. That's his artwork. So I knew, I know my creator. I know his handiwork. I could go anywhere. I can go anywhere around the world and I'll see him in creation. I can see him. I know his artwork. I know, the, I know him. I know the creator. Noah saw a rainbow. Moses saw a burning bush. And we see him in dreams and visions. Jacob saw a ladder with angels ascending and descending. Ezekiel saw a wheel. Peter saw a sheet descend. When you walk with God, you will see in ways that you've never seen before. The pure in heart see him. And we see him in circumstances. And all our circumstances aren't great, but we will see him. We will see him like I remember in some of the most tragic circumstances of my life. After the event, I saw how he worked it. How he put things together. How he mended relationships. How he positioned that person there at that time. He maneuvered. I see him 
doing it. I see him orchestrating things. And it's phenomenal how in the midst of the worst times, you can see. If you look for him, and I know in the, in the midst of those trials too, I will go to him in walking through it and I'll go, I'll go, where are you? Where are you, Lord? I'm looking for him. I look to see where are you in the midst of this. I don't ever want to be someone who celebrates him without ever beholding his face. Do you know we can do that? We can turn up to church and celebrate him. It's like going to a party and you're celebrating, you know, you're at the party and you're celebrating and you're having a good time, but there's never an exchange between you and the host. There needs to be an exchange where you and he face to face where there's an exchange and in that place of presence where you engage your heart and the because in that prayer when we do work when you do worship here don't miss out on the worship never miss out on the worship because that prepares your heart for that's the platform for the preaching of the word and so when you're in in that time of worship there's an exchange and your heart softens to see and when in that presence where with the burning bush Where the presence is, he speaks. And he will always speak from that place. We see him in the word of God. I remember when I used to read this and I didn't see him. I would read it to find a scripture that would be what I needed for that day or needed for that moment. And and that's not, look, that's not bad, but there's more. There's so much more where you can read this and it's full of life. It's filled to overflowing with life. And so you read it and you go, wow, I never saw. Ah, because you're reading it to find him. You're reading it to know him. You're reading it to see him in everything about it. And so you're not like the Pharisees where he's standing in front of them saying, you know, and Jesus goes, and you're searching it to find me, but you can't even see me. I'm right in front of you, but you can't see me. So we read this to find him, to know all about him. And this should become a symphony of light and sound every time. And it is like that if you want it to be, if you want it to be. In the words, we see him. So we need to be intentional daily about the health of our heart and create places or spaces to see him. Jesus was intentional daily about setting aside time alone to commune with God. And you create the places or spaces to see him, you and I. It's up to us. We need to be intentional every day to see him. Otherwise, the world will creep in and we won't do it. Luke 5, 16, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. And early in the morning, while it was still dark, he arose and went out and departed to a lonely place and was praying there. Mark 1.35. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray, Luke 6.12. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there, Matthew 14.23. Jesus often would go up on a mountainside or a deserted place to pray. He created a rhythm in his life. He created a rhythm that you and I need to follow to create a space, a place where you and the Lord connect, you and he meet. So you're not just dependent upon 
the, the Sunday service, which is wonderful because do you know what? The tabernacle was always created for that. And that's why Jesus got so upset when it wasn't a house of prayer because that was always created for that fragrance so people could see. And so he gets upset when everything else is going on because he's, he longs for his people to commune with him, to be in relationship. Not distant, upfront, personal relationship. So we need to be intentional. And we need to behold him. And if we're not intentional about it, life will creep in. That's why in Matthew 6, he says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. Seek first him, the kingdom. Why does he say, and his righteousness? Because if you don't know you're in right standing with him, you'll never approach him. That's not just a tack on to that scripture. It's actually because we need to know that. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, be intentional and pray to your father who's in the secret place. So we need to be, there is an aloneness here. And I know we live busy lives, but for the health of our heart, we need to do this to get alone with him daily. Whether you, if you're a, a mum and you've, you're, it's busy for you, the shower is awesome. <laughs> I love the shower. Or in the, you know, it's not a favourite for me, but I know people need to do, use the car, use when they're commuting, back and forward. Whatever it takes, just create the, the space, the place, that that's for you and him, where you can see him, so you're not just dependent upon the Sunday service. Because I tell you now, you can be turning up to church for 50 years and engage for eight seconds and then there's someone who gets saved, and I've seen this, but they get saved and from the moment they get saved, they're creating that space. Every day, they're putting worship on. They're reading that word to see him, to know him. Every day, every day. And after two years, who's been transformed into his image? Who's reflecting him more? I tell you the truth, and you all know this in principle, but we need to follow this. Because the person who's doing that every day, they're the ones that are being changed. They're the ones that have been reflecting his image. So don't, I'm, it's not to, it's, it's to encourage me as well. I'm, I, I'm speaking to myself that we all need to do this. Yes. We reflect what we see, what we worship. We all need to create the space and place so we can repent daily. Repent for the kingdom of heaven's at hand. Repent. We said it all the time. Repent for the kingdom of heaven's at hand. You know, it was only at arm's distance for them. Repent. It was, only at, it was right in front of them. And a lot of people can repent enough to be forgiven, but never enough to see the kingdom. Just like that person we talked about. And that's the tragedy. It's not about putting guilt on anyone. It's just, for me, I was talking with Natalie on the way here, and I was like going, oh, and I was getting all tear, like thinking for Jesus. I'm thinking, what a tragedy. What a tragedy. It must be. To walk this life 
with the opportunity of seeing him face to face, yet never, never doing it. Never having him that close, never experiencing him, never perceiving him, never recognizing him. Never having the dreams and visions, never standing on that rampart to see what he would say. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven's at hand. I'd like to do two things. We're going to do two, yeah, we are going to do two things. Because there's only, in this room right now, there's two sorts of people. People that are seeing and people that aren't. So I'm going to do two altar calls. The first one will be for those that maybe have never actually invited Jesus into their heart because for that reason is Jesus himself said, unless you be born again, you cannot see the kingdom. And the second altar call is going to be for people like myself, and others that maybe you're here and you've been in church for a number of years. You may have been in church for a, a, a week. You may be in church for 10, 50. You might be that 50. I've been in church 50 years, but I've never seen him. And sometimes we cannot see because of discouragement. We get discouraged. And so our, when we're, we're praying or we've prayed and we've gone, it hasn't worked. Or we've been, we didn't get what we thought we were getting, wanting to to get and so our heart becomes a little get, bit calloused or hardened we might get unforgiveness things didn't go the way we thought and, and we need to let that go we need to forgive and we will never see unless we repent and light will stream in and flood your heart and you'll be able to see and that veil will be removed that's what he longs for. And I know that's what you long for, to see him, to see him in creation, to see him in the word, to see him in your spouse, to see him in your children, to see him in your neighborhood, to see. We all need to see. The pure of heart see God and everything changes when we see him. Can we please bow our heads and close our eyes? And if you, you are somebody that sees right now, I want you to pray with me. If you've come this morning and you might be going, I just cannot have another week like I've had. I cannot have another year like I've just had. I cannot have another day like I've just had. I have never seen him. I have never seen him. I want to see. You may know of church, you may know of God, but you have never seen him. I want you to see and he wants you to see. But we need to invite him in really in, into our heart completely.
unless you be born again, you cannot see the kingdom. If you are here today, and that's you, and your heart is pounding, please slip up your hand. Slip up your hand and let me pray with you. I want to see. Heidi, I want to see. I want to see. I want to invite Jesus. It's Jesus who you talk about into my heart. I want to know Him. I want to experience Him. I'm going to wait a while. Don't walk away from here this day without inviting him in. with him in some form but you may have let something come in to block your view and you're not seeing him daily your heart may be may have become a bit hardened or a bit calloused through an attitude or unforgiveness towards yourself towards others He loves you and he wants you to see. So what I'd like us to do is to stand. And if you need to see, if you need to put your heart back on the altar and let him in to every area, every area, then I want you to come out and stand on the altar as a signal to Him. And we're going to pray that eyes be opened.
to see him again in a new way, to see him afresh. Come on, let's do that. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. The Lamb has overcome. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. The Lamb has overcome. We sing hallelujah.
incredible morning, church. That was a really, that was a word in season. That was a word, I believe, for each and every one of us. And so easy life gets in and we, uh, we might lose that passion for the Lord and we let other things get in the way. But I believe that that word is something that we just need to hear over and over again, ringing in our minds, having that great desire, just like Heidi has, to, to meet with him, to meet with him. That'll be a podcast worth listening to and it's uploaded on c3silverwater.com tomorrow morning. It's going to be a wonderful thing. What we're going to do just in a moment, I'm going to dismiss the service, but I'm going to get the band to just keep playing for a little bit. And if you're still in your seat, you'd love.